Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to a daily email, also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which does contain both a workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 9, The Correction of Error, with Section 4, The Unhealed Healer. And at the top of the hour, we will pause for touching in with our lesson for the day, which is Lesson 103, God Being Love is Also Happiness. Okay, and uh, before we... It's into the reading. Let me review what I have here for our list this morning. I have uh, with us in reading, I have Fran, Harrison, Robin Marie, Karen, and Jessica. With us in listening, I have Diana and Lana. Is there anyone else who's joined the call who would like to, to say good morning or Join the reading list. Good morning, it's Sandra. I can read. Great, thank you, Sandra. Anyone else? Hi, Lemoyne, it's Jude. I'll be listening. Thank you. All righty. Oops, okay. Always. All right, here we go. With uh, Chapter 9, The Correction of Error, Section 4, The Unhealed Healer. The ego's plan for forgiveness is far more widely used than God's. This is because it is untaken... This is because it is undertaken by unhealed healers and is therefore of the ego. Let us consider the unhealed healer more carefully now. By definition, he is trying to give what he has not received. If he is a theologian, he may begin with the premise, quote, I am a miserable sinner and so are you. Unquote. If he is a psychotherapist, 
he is more likely to start with the equally incredible idea that he really believes in attack and so does the patient. But it does not matter in other, either case. Right. Brand? Section 4, The Unhealed Healer. 20. The ego's plan for forgiveness is far more widely used than God's. This is because it is undertaken by unhealed healers and is therefore of the ego. Let us consider the unhealed healer more carefully now. By definition, he is trying to give what he has not received. If he is a theologian, he may begin with the premise, quote, I am a miserable sinner and so are you, unquote. If he is a psychotherapist, he is more likely to start with the equally incredible idea that he really believes in attack and so does the patient. But it does not matter in either case. 21. We, we have repeatedly stated that beliefs of the ego cannot be shared. And this is why they are unreal. How then can, quote, unquote, uncovering them make them real? Every healer who searches fantasies for truth must be unhealed because he does not know where to look for truth and therefore does not have the answer to the problem of healing. There is an advantage to bringing nightmares into awareness, but only to teach that they are not real and that anything they contain is meaningless. The unhealed healer cannot do this because he does not believe it. Thank you, friend. And Harrison. 21. We have repeatedly stated that beliefs of the ego cannot be shared. And this is why they are unreal. How then can, quote, uncovering, unquote, them make them real? Every healer who searches, who searches fantasies for truth must be unhealed because he does not know where to look for truth and therefore does not have the answer to the problem of healing. There is an advantage to bringing nightmares into awareness, but only to teach that they are not real and that anything they contain is meaningless. The unhealed healer cannot do this because he does not believe it. 22. All unhealed healers follow the ego's plan for forgiveness in one form or another. If they are theologians, they are likely to condemn themselves, teach condemnation, and advocate 
a very fearful solution, projecting condemnation onto God, they make him appear retaliative and fear his retribution. What they have done is merely to identify with the ego and by perceiving clearly what it does, condemn themselves because of this profound confusion. It is understandable that there has been a revolt against this concept, but to revolt against it is still to believe in it. The form of the revolt, then, is different, but not the content. Thank you, Harrison. And Robin Marie? Twenty-two. All unhealed healers follow the ego's plan for forgiveness in one form or another. If they are theologians, they are likely to condemn themselves, teach condemnation, and advocate a very fearful solution. Projecting condemnation onto God, they make him appear retaliative and fear his retribution. What they have done is merely to identify with the ego and by perceiving clearly what it does, condemn themselves because of this profound confusion. It is understandable that there has been a revolt against this concept, but to revolt against it is still to believe in it. The form of the revolt, then, is different, but not the content. 23. The newer forms of the ego's plan are as unhelpful as the older ones because form does not matter to the Holy Spirit and therefore does not matter at all. According to the newer forms of the ego's plan, the therapist interprets the ego's symbols in the nightmare and then uses them to prove that the nightmare is real. Having made it real, he then attempts to dispel its effects by depreciating the importance of the dreamer. This would be a healing approach if the dreamer were properly identified as unreal. Yet if the dreamer is equated with the mind, the mind's corrective power through the Holy Spirit is denied. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen. 23. The newer forms of the ego's plan are as unhelpful as the older ones because form does not matter to the Holy Spirit and therefore does not matter at all. According to the newer forms of the ego's plan, the therapist interprets the ego's symbols in the nightmare and then uses them to prove that the nightmare is real. Having made it real, he then attempts to dispel its effects by depreciating the importance of the dreamer. 
This would be a healing approach if the dreamer were properly identified as unreal. Yet if the dreamer is equated with the mind, the mind's corrective power through the Holy Spirit is denied. 24. It is noteworthy that this is a contradiction, even in the ego's terms, and one which it usually does note, even in its confusion. If the way to counteract fear is to reduce the importance of the fearer, how can this build ego strength? These perfectly self-evident inconsistencies account for why, except in certain stylized verbal accounts, no one can explain what happens in psychotherapy. Nothing real does. Nothing real has happened to the unhealed healer, and he learns from his own teaching. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica. Thank you, Lamont. 24. It is noteworthy that this is a contradiction even in the ego's terms, and one which usually does note even in its con- and one which it usually does note even in its confusion. If the way to counteract fear is to reduce the importance of the fearer, how can this build ego strength? These perfectly self-evident inconsistencies account for why, except in certain stylized verbal accounts, no one can explain what happens in psychotherapy. Nothing real does. Nothing real has happened to the unhealed healer and he learns from his own teaching. 25, because his ego is involved, it always attempts to gain some support from the situation. Seeking to get something for himself, the unhealed healer does not know how to give and consequently cannot share. He cannot correct because he is not working correctively. He believes that it is up to him to teach the patient what is real, but he does not know it himself. What then should happen? When God said, let there be light, there was light. Can you find light by analyzing darkness as the psychotherapist does, or like the theologian by acknowledging darkness in yourself? and looking for a distant light to remove it while emphasizing the distance? Thank you, Jessica and Sandra. Because his ego is involved, it always attempts to gain some support from the situation. Seeking to get something for himself, the unhealed healer does not know how to give and consequently cannot share. He cannot correct because he is not working correctively. He he believes that it is up to him to teach the patient what is real, 
but he does not know it himself. What then should happen? When God said, let there be light, there was light. Can you find light by analyzing darkness as the psychotherapist does or like the theologian by acknowledging darkness in yourself and looking for a distant light to remove it while emphasizing the distance? Healing is not mysterious. Nothing will occur unless you understand it. Since light is understanding. A miserable sinner cannot be healed without magic, nor can an unimportant mind esteem itself without magic. Both forms of the ego's approaches, then, must arrive at an impasse. The characteristic impossible situation to which the ego always leads. It can be helpful to point out to a patient where he is heading, but the point is lost unless he can change his direction. The therapist cannot do this for him, but he also cannot do do this for himself. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader? for 26 and 27. I'll give it a try, Lemoyne. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Did someone else volunteer? Go ahead. I'll okay. Okie dokie. Um, 26. Healing is not mysterious. Nothing will occur unless you understand it, since light is understanding. A miserable sinner, in quotes, cannot be healed without magic, nor can an unimportant mind, also in quotes, esteem itself without magic. Both forms of the ego's approach, then, must arrive at an impasse, the characteristic in quotes, impossible situation to which the ego always leads. It can be helpful to point out to, the, to a patient where he is heading, but the point is lost unless he can change his direction. The therapist cannot do this for him, but he also cannot do this for himself. 27. The only meaningful contribution the therapist can make is to present an example of one whose direction has been changed for him and who no longer believes in nightmares of any kind. The light in his mind will therefore answer the questioner who must decide with God that there is light because he sees it. And by this acknowledgement, the therapist knows it is there. That is how perception ultimately is translated into knowledge. The miracle worker begins by perceiving light and translates his perception into sureness by continually extending it and accepting its acknowledgement. Its effects assure him it is there. 
Thank you, Lana. And Judy? Here I am. The only meaningful contribution the therapist can make is to present an example of one whose direction has been changed for him and who no longer believes in nightmares of any kind. The light in his mind will therefore answer the questioner. Who must decide with God that there is light because he sees it? And by his acknowledgement, the therapist knows it is there. That is how perception ultimately is translated into knowledge. The miracle worker begins by perceiving light and translates his perception into sureness by continually extending it and accepting its acknowledgement. Its effects assure him it is there. Amen. The therapist does not heal. He lets healing be. He can point to darkness, but he cannot bring the light of himself, for light is not of him. Yet being for him, it must also be for his patient. The Holy Spirit is the only therapist. He makes healing perfectly clear in any situation in which he is the guide. The human therapist can only let him fulfill his function. He needs no help for this. He needs no help for this. Lost my place. He will tell you exactly what to do to help anyone he sends to you for help and will speak to him through you if you do not interfere. Remember that you are choosing a guide for helping and the wrong choice will not help. But remember also that the right one will. Trust him for help is his function, and he is of God. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 28 and 29? Another new reader? Yes, if you're willing to just let Lemoyne, I would like to. Okay, Missy. Um, yeah, just go ahead and roll through the end. Okay. <laughs> oh, I need a new phone here. <clears throat> okay. Almost there. Give me 30 more seconds and I've got it.
The therapist does not heal. He lets healing be. He can point to darkness, but he cannot bring light of himself, for light is not of him. Yet, being for him, it must also be for his patient. The Holy Spirit is the only therapist. He makes healing perfectly clear in any situation in which he is the guide. The human therapist can only let him fulfill his functions. He needs no help for this. He will tell you exactly what to do to help anyone who comes to you for help and will speak to him through you if you do not interfere. Remember that you are choosing a guide for helping and the wrong choice will not help. But remember also that the right one will. Trust him. For help is his function, and he is of God. I'm going to say that again. Trust him. For help is his function, and he is of God. 29. If you awaken other minds to the Holy Spirit through him and not yourself, you will understand that you are not obeying the laws of this world, but that the laws you are obeying work. Quote. The good is what works, end quote, is a sound, though insufficient statement. Only the good can work. I'm going to say that again. The good is what works is a sound, though insufficient statement. Only the good can work. Nothing else works at all. This course is a guide to behavior, being a very direct and very simple learning situation. It provides the guide who tells you what to do. If you do it, you will see that it works. Its results are more convincing than its words. They will convince you that the words are true. By following the right guide, you will learn the simplest of all lessons, and I'll just finish that, by their fruits ye shall know them, and they shall know themselves. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. And is there another new reader for 29 and 30? Another new reader? Okay. Back to you, friend. 29. As you awaken other minds to the Holy Spirit through him and not yourself, you will understand that you are not obeying the laws of this world, but that the laws you are obeying work. Quote, the good is what works, unquote, is a sound, though insufficient, statement. Only the good can work. Nothing else works at all. This course is a guide to behavior. Being a very direct and very simple learning situation, It provides the guide who tells you what to do. If you do it, you will see that it works. Its results are more convincing than its words. They will convince you that the words are true. By following the right guide, you will learn the simplest of all lessons. 30. By their fruits, you shall know them, and they shall know themselves. 
Well, thank you, friend. Hmm. All right, well, um, <clears throat> I'm going to offer a brief summary now of this section. Section four, the unhealed healer. which in paragraph 20 says, let us consider the unhealed healer more carefully now. By definition, he is trying to give what he has not received. As a theologian, he may begin with the premise, I'm a miserable sinner and so are you. If he is a psychotherapist, he's more likely to start with the equally incredible idea that he really believes in attack and so does the patient. Kicker. It does not matter in either case. In 21, we have repeatedly stated that the beliefs of the ego cannot be shared and this is why they are unreal. Every healer who searches fantasies for truth must be unhealed because he does not know where to look for truth and therefore does not have the answer to the problem of healing. Twenty-two, all all unhealed healers follow the ego's plan for forgiveness in one form or another. It is understandable that there has been a revolt against these concepts, but to revolt against it is still to believe in it. The form of the revolt, then is different, but not the content. The newer forms of the ego's plan are as unhelpful as the older ones because the form does not matter to the Holy Spirit and therefore does not matter at all. According to the newer forms, the therapist interprets the ego's symbols in the nightmare and then uses them to prove that the nightmare is real. Having made it real, he then attempts to dispel its effects by depreciating the importance of the dreamer. This would be a healing approach if the dreamer were properly identified as unreal. Yet if the dreamer is equated with the mind, the mind's corrective power through the Holy Spirit is denied. So, from 25, because the ego is always involved, It always attempts to gain some support from the situation. Seeking to get something for himself, 
the unhealed healer does not know how to give and consequently cannot share. He cannot correct because he is not working correctively. What then should happen? When God said, let there be light, there was light. Can you find light by analyzing darkness, as the psychotherapist does, or, like the theologian, by acknowledging darkness in yourself and looking for a distant light to remove it while emphasizing the distance? Healing is not mysterious. Nothing will occur unless you understand it since light is understanding. A miserable sinner cannot be healed without magic, nor can an unimportant mind esteem itself without magic. Both forms of the ego's approach, then, must arrive at an impasse. Dilemma. The dilemma to which the ego always leads. It can be helpful to point out to a patient where he is heading, but the point is lost unless he can change his direction. The therapist cannot do this for him, but he also cannot do this for himself. The only meaningful contribution the therapist can make is to present an example of one whose direction has been changed for him and who no longer believes in nightmares of any kind. The light in his mind will therefore answer the questioner who must decide with God that there is light because he sees it. And by the patient's acknowledgement, the therapist knows it is there. This is how perception ultimately is translated into knowledge. The miracle worker begins by perceiving light and translates his perception into sureness by continually extending it and accepting its acknowledgement. Its effects, its effects assure him it is there. So, in 28... The therapist does not heal. He lets healing be. The Holy Spirit is the only therapist. He makes healing perfectly clear in any situation in which he is the guide. The human therapist can only let him fulfill his function. He needs no help for this, yet he will tell you exactly what to do to help anyone he sends to you for help and will speak to him through you if you do not interfere. Remember that you are choosing a guide for helping and the wrong choice will not help. But remember also that the right one will. Trust him for help is his function, and he is of God. 
as you awaken other minds to the Holy Spirit through Him and not yourself, you will understand that you are not obeying the laws of this world, but that the laws you are obeying work. Only the good can work. Nothing else works at all. This course is a guide to behavior, being a very direct and very simple learning situation. It provides the the guide who tells you what to do. If you do it, you will see that it works. Its results are more convincing than its words. They will convince you that the words are true. By following the right guide, you will learn the simplest of all lessons. By their fruits ye shall know them, and they shall know themselves. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Well, thank you all for being here and listening. I don't know how brief that actually was. Um, but we're right at the top of the hour. And so I turn to you, Fran, to lead us in practicing this lesson. <laughs> Which, again, is something just let be. Um, lesson 103, God being loved. It's also happening. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook. And today's lesson, lesson 103, God being love is also happiness. And I shall read some from the lesson. Then we'll do a top of the hour, five minute practice. Happiness is an attribute of love. It cannot be apart from it, nor can it be experienced where love is not. Love has no limits, being everywhere, and therefore joy is everywhere as well. Yet can the mind deny that this is so, believing there are gaps in love, where sin can enter, bringing pain instead of joy. This strange belief would limit happiness, by redefining love as limited and introducing opposition in what has no limit and no opposite. Fear is then is associated then with love. This basic error we will try again to bring to truth today and teach ourselves. God being loved is also happiness. To fear him is to be afraid of love. Begin your periods of practicing today with this association, which corrects the false belief that God is fear. Allow this one correction to be placed within your mind each waking hour today. Then welcome all the happiness it brings. Bolster this expectation frequently throughout the day and quiet all your fears with this assurance, kind and holy true. 
God being love is also happiness. And it is happiness I seek today. I cannot fail because I seek the truth. We'll do a five-minute practice. Lesson 103, God being loved is also happiness.
Happiness is an attribute of love. Lesson 103, God being love is also happiness. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. And thank you to Monica for your summary. That was great. Oh, thank you. Hi, it's Harrison. Beautiful, blessed friend. Thank you very much. God is all. God is everywhere. There is only God. If that's true, then there's only love. There is only happiness. There is only joy. What is it that keeps me from believing and accepting that as the only thing there is? The only truth there is, God being love is also happiness. And it is happiness I seek. I can't fail because I seek the truth. That's because there is only truth. There is only happiness. If I could believe that at every moment of the day, I could just embrace that idea as my only truth. I would be at peace. I will be happy all day long. I will be joyful all day long because I've remembered the truth of who I am. Today's reading um, reminds me that Jesus is talking to two psychotherapists as their life work, and he's basically telling them that they are unhealed healers. 
who followed the ego's plan for forgiveness in one form or another. This section uh, really emphasizes for me uh, how important it is to understand the truth of who I am and who my therapists are. If they're seeing themselves as separate from me, and if the theologian is seeing himself or herself as separate from me, then there's no way that healing can take place. And that's the problem. that prevents the psychotherapist from being able to help his patient. Because the first thing he does is sees himself as separate from his patient and therefore separate from his creator. What the true therapist does, it says in 28, is he lets healing be. Doesn't see himself as the healer. He can point to darkness, but He can't bring light of himself, for light is not of him. Love is not of him. Salvation is not of him. What the therapist and the theologian have to recognize is that the Holy Spirit is the only therapist. And he, Holy Spirit, works in the mind of the patient and helps the patient to realize the truth of who he is. God being love is also happiness. What the therapist, what the theologian can do to be helpful is to realize for themselves their relationship to God, they will then be able 
to communicate with their patients on a whole different level. I'm from C. Thank you, Harrison. Oh, oh, that was great. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. That was wonderful. Harrison, thank you. Yes, thank you, Harrison. (laughs) I got uh, something from Fran this morning. Stay with me. (laughs) Stay with me, Fran. Stay with me. Oh, I just love that. And it's their constant and consistent um, presence, the awareness of love's presence, that God is love, and is also happiness, that happiness and, and love can never be apart, and God and love can never be apart. Um, trying to find the lesson. The notes that I wrote to myself that, um, you know, that fear and love are, you know, that fear is a false belief. It's not true that fear does not exist. And um, happiness belongs to me because God belongs to me and because of what God is. Um, That truth replaces fear that we are the way, the truth, and the light, um, that that takes the place of pain. Truth takes the place of pain. It's painful to be afraid. It's, it's painful to be aware, away from my source, to be out of love, to be out of the awareness of love. Um, to the text, and to bring these two together, um, you know, that we all have the universal voice of God in us. The Holy Spirit is the only therapist. And, you know, that the, the course is a, is, a, is a course and guide, a guide to behavior. And Christ says in the early chapters that to, to behave like me, you have to be like me, to have a right mind, be in your right mind, and be right-minded, and that I listen to one voice, the universal, inspirational voice of God that was in me, and that truly helped him all the time. Um, That I like the line that in uh, paragraph 28, that he will tell you what to do, exactly what to do to help anyone he sends to you. And this um, reminds me of the chapter on true empathy, how the ego likes to identify with the, the sin or the sickness or the suffering or the death, the grief, the sorrow, and um, identifies with that. And the Course specifically teaches us not to identify with the problem, to overlook the problem, recognize that there is no problem because of who and what we are, and ask in in kind, 
and kindness and compassion um, for the Holy Spirit's words to to guide to guide my my um, responses in interacting with um, people who are in need of of kindness and love and compassion. That that doesn't come from me is so important for me, and it takes all the pressure off of me. That I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't have infinite love in myself alone. I don't have infinite patience even to listen alone by myself. I am nothing. And to recognize that makes me aware of having the, the Holy Spirit's inspirational voice in me. And then I can really truly become an open mind and an open heart in order to be channeled through so that he can blow right through me. And um, that's only the good can work and nothing else at all. Um, That word interfere is italicized. And it says after that line, he will tell me exactly what to do to help anyone he sends to me. And I think this is, this is all about sharing the love of God, sharing the happiness of God, sharing the joy of God, that I have to be wholly, wholeheartedly invested in, in wanting to share God with someone. Because the, good, the goodness, <laughs> the good news is that I can see it and know the truth in myself, and so I can be it well enough to know that I can, it can be shared through me. And then um, if I do not interfere, and he will speak to him through me if I do not interfere. And that word interfere um, is taking on a real significance for me. And how I see that word, I I will not interfere. I will step back and not bring what I think I know, anything from the past, any experience I have, to the situation here and now, I will not interfere with what I think I know in order to be open, 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 and um, welcoming enough, welcoming by inviting my guest, welcoming him, and not interfering with him. So that's really significant to me. Um, And this is how the light, the Christ, the light in the Christ mind, um, in my mind, listening to the one voice that we all share, the voice of holy inspiration. And um, oh, and the results. Here we come to the grand finale and how this, um, the results are more convincing than any words I can say, and sometimes words aren't even necessary. I just need be with and sit with and look and and hear and listen to what the other person needs, be an empty space for a plate or a place for someone to be in. And um, the fruits, by their fruits, you shall know them, and by and they shall know themselves the peace and the happiness and the joy and the kindness and the love and the compassion and the tolerance and the patience 
they're all fruits of the Spirit. And I'm glad I understand that this morning because there was a time I remember years and years ago that I asked somebody who spoke of the fruits of the Spirit, and I asked them what they were because I didn't know. <laughs> Joy B. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I love you. <laughs> I'm complete. Love you, too. Love you. You're the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Judy. Yeah. This is morning. Can I just say one of those things? I got someone coming over, and like what she said was so appropriate. Um, (laughs) Today, I was looking at relationships where I didn't seem to be communicating or I wasn't getting what I wanted. At first, I got what I wanted, people helping me, uh, blah, blah, blah. And one by one, they all turned into helpless people who couldn't help me and who needed my help. And it was like, oh, my God. So I had to apply my first, um, my first five lessons to people, to relationships. I do not know what this relationship means. I, I've given it all the meaning it has for me. Basically, when I let go and let God... And that's what the lesson said to me. It's like, that, that's the whole thing. It's like, and when I do let, well, I don't want to get too much off track here, but um, what I'm getting is that God would bring me a person and there would be like a miracle healing. Uh, and then I would latch on to that person or that body or that form and say, okay, you're it. You're my special relationship to help me with this. And then as soon as I do that, seems like something shifts in that person and they're no longer able to help me. I'm making their body God. And, of course, I need to learn that, that, that bodies and are not it. A particular person is not it. God is the doer. And when I'm trying to heal a situation in my life and I'm saying, you're it, I'm not letting God do it. And I'm interfering and every time I've ever let go of my house is a mess, who's going to help me? God, God has sent the perfect person, and then I latch on to them. So it's like, um, you know, and, and I'm, they become the unhealed healer now because they also have challenges going on. It, it, it happens every time. So I have someone coming over in a few minutes, and what I love about by their fruits ye shall know them, really the fruits are of the Spirit, and if I'm not letting go and letting God be work through me, I'm not going to be happy. I'm interfering. And I'm putting bodies and things more important than knowing God. And the only thing I want to have happen out of this person coming over and helping me out and discussing me out, the only thing I want to get out of this is for us to know God through these circumstances. It's, it's the only worthy goal. It's the only worthy goal. Getting my house cleaned up is only a worthy goal if it brings me closer to God with my brothers, through my brothers. Having the house cleaned up helps me to have my brothers in the house in a way where we can share and enjoy each other. What is the point of money or a nice house or good health if it isn't to remove the impediments to connecting with ourselves in peace, with God in peace, with 
love in each other. So God being love is also happiness. My prayer is that I truly know God is love, that all my misconceptions about God are gone, and that all the quote-unquote proof that God can't be loved because look at all the problems and the pain, all of that stuff, I just want to see that as a simple mistake I made. I, I looked in the wrong direction, and we all looked in the wrong direction. And we've stopped the flow of God's love. And allowing that to come through again will correct every error, every problem, even if it's just correcting how I feel about it. Something isn't a problem, even if it hasn't changed its form, if it doesn't bother me. Wow. <laughs> Let me see if I can just sum this up in one sentence. Um, My friend Haley keeps saying, let God be the doer. And I was wondering why my counseling wasn't working at Easter Seals. It's because I wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to come through. I was demanding what I wanted. The ego wanted this, wanted that. And I wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to be in charge. So when I do that, I'm automatically happy. Because <laughs> it's all taken care of. I can just be at peace and just go with what I'm guided and and just know that everything I do when it's done in love is no longer a problem, but a joy and an opportunity. And uh, that's, with that, I'm complete. I'm really looking forward to my friend coming over, my friend slash cleaning person, and being two children of God who let the Holy Spirit work through us so we can have some fun. I know the funds are provided, the energy is provided. We can just have some fun. And, and what we're doing by working together is we are allowing more love in. And that's really all we need. There's a song, all you need is love. Anyway, thank you guys. Thanks for letting me ramble. <laughs> My mind was going a mile a minute earlier. And all I really need to do is be willing to let the love in and just say, I don't know what this is for. I don't understand it. I don't know what it means. I've given it all the meaning it has for me. I don't understand it. And that's why I'm upset. And these thoughts don't mean anything either, so I can just let it all go and let love show me the way. With that, I'm complete. Thank you that God is love and that God is in me and that love is the only thing that's real. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for making me realize when I put an impediment to realizing that love. And then thank you for removing it. And thank you for my guidance as to how to be in love today every moment. Amen. Thank you, guys. I'm complete. Amen. Thank you, Mindy. I um, my daughter's coming over to let to help me clean later, and I'm looking forward to it so joyfully. You know, it's just an opportunity to share the love of God. God cooks with me. He cleans with me. <laughs> God goes with me wherever I go. So thank you for sharing that. I um. Gosh, um, I don't know how I'm going to say this, but, you know, the one thing I must remember with all these conversations we have and all these readings we have in A Course in Miracle about the ego and the viciousness of it, and um, I'm always innocent. We're always innocent. You know, this is like going to do the movies. You know, sometimes we watch a scary movie and sometimes... 
it's an adventure, and sometimes it's a fantasy, but they're all love stories because they all um, bring us back to God. And, and that's what I need to remember, that whatever shows up is a pointer back to God, regardless of what it was, would look like. But to, in today's reading, specifically, it reminded me that um, fear, the idea of fear, always needs a structure to put around it because fear can't just show up. The truth of us, that light would just burn it away. So it creates a structure which it calls a story. And then we get attached to that story and we, you know, and, and we make it real. And, and now whether you're a therapist or a theologian or just a friend, you know, if, if someone, I mean, I, you know, and I'm just being honest here, you know, I'm just being gender authentic here. If someone comes to me because uh, they're in pain, you know, physical or emotional, you know, I could be like blissing, blissing out with God, you know, flapping my wings in heaven uh, before I get the phone call or before I get to knock on the door. And um, and this is especially true with um, very close friends or family members or people where you really have um, a close relationship. You know, I can see them perfect. But then they'll start to share their story about um, why they're in pain. And the moment I feel that ouch of their pain, I become an unhealed healer. I've entered their nightmare, their dream. And when that happens, I have to recognize that first I must be healed in order that I be an open channel that allows the Holy Spirit to flow through and touch their mind because I truly know that the Holy Spirit is the only therapist. But, um, you know, if if I'm a therapist and I think the patient is crazy and I'm sane, <laughs> nothing's going to happen. If I'm a theologian and think I'm on the path to God and this poor center isn't, you know, nothing's going to change. You know, and, and um, it just, you know, remembering who I am, who my, who my brother is, and all these stories, they're just a distraction. There's just... And then... What we can do sometimes is we'll go searching into that story for answers. We'll try to figure out and understand the story rather than pointing our mind back to the light, back to God. You know, we don't have to give an iota to the story. I don't, you know, and, and, and I've had just about every story you can imagine show up in my life. And, uh, and I learned the answer is never in the story. There's not, that's like, crawling around in the darkness. You know, it's um, the, where the light switch is right next to your finger and you just don't hit it. You know, it's looking for love in all the wrong places like that song says. So when I remember that there's one solution to any problem and that's returning my mind to God and I bring along everybody with me, whether it, whether that shows up as, um, one individual or, you know, a mass of people. Um, it doesn't matter when my mind is healed. I can be the peace for everyone because I'm an open channel for 
the one therapist, the Holy Spirit. So anyhow, this reading today and also the lesson reminded me of that. By the fruits they shall be known. And the fruits of the Spirit, I forget them too, Judy, but I know love is in there somewhere. And, and, um, and that's what will show up when I'm really aligned with the Holy Spirit and aligned with God and aligned with the truth of who I am, then miraculously my brother shows up healed. The world shows up lovely. Everything takes on uh, this uh, beautiful atmosphere of peace and love. And I didn't have to do anything except allow and accept that healing, accept the atonement you know, perceive, because if I'm not, and this is something that, you know, I can't, you know, if, I, if I'm if i really vigilant, I can see if I'm perceiving my brother as anything other than perfect, I know it's my mind that needs to be healed, my perception that needs to be healed. And um, it's off the Holy Spirit I go. <laughs> and, and, you know, and sometimes it's like, I know that Christ is in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to find it. And of despite appearances, but the Christ is always in, in there somewhere. And I usually always find it with the help of Holy Spirit when I get out of the way. So I'm complete. Thanks for listening. Oh, that was good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, thank you, Nana. You emphasize the, <laughs> the point that's implied in here that when uh, when someone else's struggle <clears throat> stimulates mine, that um, and I go into my trip, well, that then I can't be helpful. So again, the the soul. And I looked upon the word soul, the soul task of 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 the healer of any child of God really is to accept the itself. So, so that might really help. Thank you. Man. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah. Thank you. Good morning, Mrs. Saunders. And um, my experience with the unhealed healer has been my frustration when I think somebody's trying to coach me or help me when they haven't had a victory over that situation themselves. And any kind of coaching or help or healing that I've ever extended to people um, is because I've had a victory with those things, um, with with illness, sickness, deadly sicknesses, <laughs> uh, eating disorders, addiction. <laughs> you know, those are just a few of the victories. Um, and so, for me, it's just about if I can't apply this this information to myself and have an experience with it but I'm coaching others because of 
maybe when I read about it or something or I heard it from through the grapevine. So I start, you know, unless I have a personal experience with it, with these, with these truths, that's what it's, in fact, that's the only thing I can personalize is these truths. <laughs> Nothing else that I experience in the world should I ever and can I ever personalize because it's not personal. But I can personalize these truths and that's called applying them to, uh, to my life. You know, how are they working in my life? Do I understand these truths and can I apply them to my life? So that's what it's all about for me. And if I understand these truths and I apply them to my life and then I have an, an experience which I call healing or health or happiness, joy, <laughs> then I can share that with another person because then it's not coming from me. It's coming from my integration of God in me, of the truth in me. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Sandra. That's very good. Thank you, Sandra. No, this is Lana. I was just pondering, um, you know, the fact that uh, I can only heal for now. You know, now is the only time. I can't go into the past and future hasn't come yet, so I can't heal for something that's going to happen next week. But when what happens next week becomes my current experience and now, you know, from previous healings, what what happens is with each healing, a little bit more of my memory comes back. 
and um, and I can and my trust that healing works and um, and my ability to choose that you know so with each healing comes a little bit more light a little bit more knowledge of um, who I am and that stays with me you know that's that's a, an always forever kind of thing um, but it's built and it's you know I always you know kind of think of this idea of awakening and I'm, I'm out on the porch so um, I hear some background noise we uh, went up this idea of awakening being this you know super duper experience that ends my need for healing for always um, I think there is no limit or finite thing in the infinite nature of God and creation creation is going on constantly and my awareness to that is always expanding there will never be a time when I know everything for always <laughs> you know the, but um, I will build on that so um, that is is such the, the most beautiful gift of, of healing is it brings me closer and closer to that remembrance of who I am and and by and with that comes a more consistent state of peace uh, the I notice when I started doing this work that most of the time I was in fear and once in a while I stumbled onto peace and over the years that's transformed now most of the time I'm in peace and once in a while I stumble over fear and that will continue to transform me into a state of consistent even more consistent peace you know so I I see that it works if I choose it and I choose it because I trust it and I and I know it works so anyhow I just wanted to share that um, came across my mind so um, thank you for listening I'm complete Thank you, Mana. Yeah, thank you, Mana. Thank you.
guess it's Harris and um, I do find this section fascinating reading um, Jesus is um, comparing the equal plan for forgiveness to God's plan by uh, focusing on what he calls the unhealed healer. And healer can be a theologian, a preacher, a priest, or uh, it can be a psychotherapist. And they both begin with the same premise to the psychotherapist I say I have a problem mental emotional problem um, to the minister it is, as he says here, he starts from the premise that he's a miserable sinner, and so is the patient. So speaking from the theologian or the preacher or priest standpoint, um, they always start from the same premise, that somehow there's something wrong with me, and they have to fix it, while the Holy Spirit starts from the premise that I am God's perfect creation. And there's nothing to fix. The only problem is in my mind. It's, it's just a thought. And all I have to do is to flip that thought and accept in its place a new thought. One of the good ones is God is but love. And therefore, so am I. If the mentally ill who see themselves 
as unworthy or see themselves as under attack or in our language see themselves not as God created them but as miserable sinners as our ministers see themselves and see their worshipers. If we should all accept the idea that we are love as God is love, we are that same love as God's love, as God is. And that's all we are. Not this body. We're not in this world. We're at home in heaven. That's true healing to me. And the healed healer would believe and accept that idea. God is but love and therefore so am I. And communicate that to the patient. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing. I really got a lot out of today's lesson. So thank you all. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lloyd.
Well, this is Lemoyne. <coughs> and we're approaching the end of the um, a lot of time for the recording. Um, so, I, you know, I, <laughs> this section lands now somewhat differently than it has in the past. Um, and certainly <laughs> the recognition that uh, generally I've been an unhealed healer is um, always presents the temptation to withdraw. Uh, but <laughs> that would be a giving in. And I think there is a found here in the message of the crucifixion in chapter 6 a, a similar statement and a, a statement of what what there is to do when you recognize it beyond beyond the simple thing of letting it be a reminder that um you know, when they recognize that someone else's difficulty brings up my past, my difficulty, my inability to figure this out on my own, that it then becomes a reminder to of that one task, which is to accept the atonement for myself, to choose to have, all so that I have something to give which is in the realm of all so anyway this paragraph uh, 6.9 says we have said before as you teach so shall you learn if you react as if you are persecuted you are teaching persecution this is not a lesson which the sons of God This is not a lesson which the good sons of God should want to teach if they are to realize their own salvation. Rather, teach your own perfect immunity, which is the truth in you, and know that it cannot be assailed. Do not protect it yourselves, for you have believed that it is assailable. You are not asked to be crucified, which is part of my own Jesus' teaching contribution. And here's the kicker. I'm going to put it in second person. Uh, or first person plural. We are merely asked to follow his example in the face of much less extreme temptations to misperceive and not to accept them falsely as justifications for fear or anger. <clears throat> so, um, it may it may seem like a big ask, but it's really um, just asking to follow his example in much less extreme circumstances. And 
then in 10, rebirth itself is merely the dawning on your minds of what is already in them. God placed it there himself, and so it is true forever. I believed in it and therefore made it forever true for me. Help me to teach it to our brothers in the name of the kingdom of God. But first believe that it is true for you, or you will teach a myth. And, you know, that is the... I believe this is aligned with the purpose of today's section, which is just... just to let the light in our mind answer the question so that they can see the light in their mind. And that is all. I'm complete, and the call will continue. But at this point, I've got the recording. Thank you, Lamar. Thank you, Lamar.